We on? Oh, yeah, now we're on. Okay. Welcome, everybody. This is uh, Between Two Jays. This is episode number eight. Um, I am Jason Profetto. I am Adam Profetto. And I'm Jay Rhodes. So this, so this is the eighth episode. Man, we're almost close to 10 episodes, and we still got lots to talk about. Yeah, and we have about 50,000 viewers. Yeah, or we listeners. Have, yeah, so I think we hit the fifty thousand listener mark very recently. Well, we're, that, we're, that went down from where didn't we get a million on the first <laughs> one we were talking about? Yeah, yeah but apparently it's natural that it, it declines a little bit. So we're ah, safe, I, yeah. I think. Ah. And sometimes there's a margin of error in the reporting of the numbers, but that, that's <laughs> I okay. I think there might be a little bit of that here. So now th- th- we've had we've had a, a few requests to talk a little bit about a, an upcoming competition. So there is going to be a CrossFit team competition coming up in a few weeks, and a lot of people are starting to ask questions about how they should prepare, what preparation for a competition looks like, how how to even prepare for like the unknown because a lot of these competitions have different ways of reporting and and telling us when when the uh, events are coming out and what they're going to be. So we're gonna we're gonna start with that, and then we have some interesting stuff around happiness and talking about what it means to be happy and the different tricks that, that can keep your happiness at an optimal level and, and what uh, the three of us do and what we've read about and what we what we normally preach to others. So let let's start with this this question around the competition. We have a competition coming up, and so this is the structure. And Jay, you correct me if I'm wrong on this. It is a um, co-ed competition, so there's male males and females. It is a team of six. There's three males, three females per team, and there is a scaled, an RX division, and an RX plus division. Mm -hmm. The scaled RX and RX plus all have specific sort of standard movements that you should be able to do if you're going to be considering that division, and not just movements, but also weights. Yeah. So you should be able to do a kipping pull-up and a snatch of, I don't know, 95 pounds or whatever it is. And just for people who have no clue, RX um, comes from the base, basically like a prescription. Like yeah. It's a prescribed workout. As prescribed. So yeah. if you go to the doctor's office and get an RX. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting history, isn't it? I, I, when I first saw RX and people were saying these are prescribed workouts, I thought that's funny. That's I mean, this is exactly what we do in medicine, and that's the exact same symbol and, and wording that we use. Mm-hmm. Is there an actual history to that that we know of or no? I don't think so. I'll dig into it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, find, I'll find out <laughs> what this the RX. Come, sure. Like what's the... All, all Latin basis. All, all Latin basis. Similar to how diagnosis can be shortened for DX and RX is prescription. So there's a few similar things there. When I first started CrossFit and I heard someone say RX once, I had no clue what they were talking about. Yeah. And then I acted like I, I did. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm now six months into CrossFit and I can tell you when I first came in one of those days Akeem was there and he was showing me the leaderboard and for someone that's not into the sport it, it appears very very esoteric insofar as like it's it's difficult to it's literally impossible to understand what certain things mean unless you're right into the into the game yeah, right? yeah. yeah. so Jay you know going going into this uh, CrossFit competition our gym Outlaw North is I say our your gym Outlaw North is our gym sure our gym yeah, we, we, <laughs> we co-own it yeah <laughs> why did that happen Lacey Lacey doesn't know about that yet um, but we have five teams going in yeah we have three in the scale division we have two going into the RX division so um, what advice, you know, like, is there, is there some general advice or some specifics that we can tell people about and we can unpack this uh, shortly? What do you, what do you think? Um, yeah, so 
it's a little the, the dynamics are a little bit different when you do team stuff because you can kind of hide hide weaknesses and, and showcase strengths a little bit um, but I, I remember the first competition that I did the overwhelming um, sort of I, not feedback but um, learning experience that I had was movement standards mm-hmm. so it's a it's a lot different um, having a judge beside you, and you maybe like we're we're pretty good on this in the gym. You know, like people tend to move pretty well, but there's always a few that you know they're not necessarily as consistent, um, and that's that sucks when you have a judge beside you. And these judges are are generally CrossFit athletes. Like I mean, yeah, we're competing at an amateur level. Or yeah, something. they'll just they'll be volunteers, but they'll they'll be briefed on what what they should see as proper movement. Oh. Right. So the the best advice I can give is make it crystal clear. And, mm-hmm. and there's a fine line between going to like you know you're trying to move fast but not cut the standards. Um, but yeah, I remember having to do so many extra movements on, uh, well, I, I consider them extra. Maybe, you know, they were ones that actually qualify as proper movement, um, that first competition. Cause I was just used to going, going hard and by myself, not really having anyone around, um, looking at it. So that, that was, that was the biggest one. Really. Does, does the squat itself become perhaps the most uh, so when if you don't get a certain movement or you don't go through a certain standard or hit a certain standard, they call they call that a no rep. Yeah. And you have to repeat it. Yeah. To get credit for it. So is the I I, I imagine that the squat, what whatever type of squat it is, not getting below parallel is probably one of the more common things to get called a no rep. Um, you agree? Yeah. Disagree? Yeah, it can be. Um, because everyone, everyone moves a little bit differently too. Like there's some people that have a very compact squat and they might like, they can manipulate their ankle flexion so that they're mm. pretty much in the bottom and the, and they're at parallel. So they might have to, um, some, like when I, when I do pistols, I find I have, I have this problem. Um, so I have to actually sit back and like actually really focus on getting the crease of my hip below. Um, but yeah, that, that's a big one. Um, I have that same problem when I do pistols too. Yeah. Can, <laughs> just on, on, I don't have pistols. Just so. no, I can't do a pistol yet. Okay. On, on a pistol, can you be on your toes? Yes. You don't have to have a flat foot on no. the ground. Oh, no. the toe. Yeah, yeah because it I can. It I, doesn't. It doesn't help per se, but. So lace, there was a, a workout in the 2013 regionals that had 100 pistols in it, and you had to alternate. That was, it was a big workout. So it was 100 wall balls, 100 chest bar pull-ups, 100 pistols, 100 dumbbell snatch, 70 pounds for the men, wow. 50 for the women. Uh, it was a monster workout. Um, so 400 reps, none of them are easy. You don't want to give anything away, right? So um, she's got the one ankle that she had surgery on, right, which functions a little mm-hmm. bit differently. So on that side, you will see her going up onto her toe just to be able to do the movement. Yeah. It doesn't help. Like, she's kind of overcoming a little bit of dysfunction there, right? Yeah. Interesting. Our, our brother-in-law, John, yep. has, we're at a party. And he randomly tried to do them, and he was doing them like perfect. Really? We we were at I don't know. He's just like, oh yeah, I think. I'm like, well. You want to hear my first attempt? <laughs> I was watching the CrossFit Games in 2010. 
Um, I think Lace was away for the weekend. We were in our apartment in London, and I was watching. I was just glued to the live feed. It was way, like, it's way better now. Like, this is a pretty old feed, and, like, you know, the commentary was pretty poor and everything, but I'm glued to it. I'm watching probably for like four hours. I haven't moved. I haven't gotten up. And they announced the next workout that has pistols in it, and I've never done one. And so I, I get up. I, you know, I'm stiff. I haven't moved. And uh, I I fell through the doorway. Oh, man. I fell right over. Like, I, I, I thought, oh, man, like, that's going to be not too bad. Like, they're making it look pretty easy. It fell right over. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things you watch someone do it, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then you try. They're tough. So uh, we got sidetracked there. Another one is um, lockout of the arms on certain movements, lockouts on overhead movements with a barbell. Um, If you're on the rings, lockout, locking out the elbows on the rings. Um, Another one on barbell cycling. So like when you're, um, those listening, you might have to visualize this a little bit, but when you catch a clean, say you're passing through a full squat position and you're cycling the barbell, so having to stand up to full extension of the hip before actually bringing the bar off the shoulders, hmm. right? So that's uh, that's another big one that when you start trying to go really fast, you can kind of blur those What, what about cleans, the elbow movement on a clean? Um, Does it have to be at a certain level? Does it have to be up? No, no. That's just from like efficiency stand and, and like safety, right? You want to have your elbows clear of your knees. You don't want to hit an elbow on a knee. Can I, um, can I tell a no rep story? Yeah, go, I think go so. Ahead. Yeah, we did sure. the competition at Outlaw. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, last October, uh, yeah. And Andrew <laughs> was judging me, and we were doing burpees over bar. So uh, what I didn't realize at the time was. The, the, the movement finishes with the jump. Yeah, no, everyone, everyone always does this. <laughs> so I remember, like, I was dying to, I know, I think I did 10. We were, me and my partner were spinning up in 10s. And so I finished the burpee and I stood up and walked away. And Andrew's like, that's no rep, you gotta jump over the bar. And I didn't really know Andrew at the time. He's one of the, he was one of the coaches at Outlaw. So I started, like, you know, swearing under my breath. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kat, uh, Andrew's boy, uh, girlfriend, she was coaching 6 a.m. So I remember telling her about Andrew no repping me and how, you know, as a joke, I was upset about it. I kind of was upset, but now yeah, I get to bust uh, Andrew's chops about it. But yeah, that, that, that was the first time I've ever been no repped. Yeah, that, that's a really... Co- I, I still see people, in when we do that movement, yeah. stop their last yeah. without... Ju- it's, it, it's, it, 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 uh, it's performed how it reads. Burpee over bar. Down yeah. and over. When, when he did that, didn't you just go walk back to the bar, somewhat stare at him, and then just, <laughs> just hop over it and walk away and do your run? I gave, I gave him the finger when he was... No. <laughs> yeah, just I walked back and jumped over the bar. The best, um, the best advice, so when, if and when this happens and you're in a competition setting and you get a no rep, um, it's really easy to kind of let it throw you off your game, right? Yeah. Like not only... So not only now have you performed what you thought was a, you know, maybe you thought it was good, maybe whatever the, it's, uh, that's not important. The judge is the one that it, it falls on. Um, so you've used the energy to perform this rep. You haven't gotten yeah. credit for it. Right. Um, you have to perform it again. Right. And, but the biggest thing is, is mentally it can kind of throw you off your game. If you're like set on these certain reps that you're going to do, or like even just the fact that like, Oh, like, like if you have this this distaste toward it, right? Like, oh, like judge wasn't right. Like, yeah. well, it's done. Carry on. There's nothing that you can sure. do about it now. But if you, you know, everything, everything ahead of ahead of you, you still have left, right? So some some degree of like stoicism, you know, you have yeah. to just like 
it is what it is and move on. Yeah, that is, that is true though, because a lot of times with whatever the movement is, I'll be like in my head, I'll say, okay, I'm going to do three before taking a rest. Mm-hmm. And so I can imagine if like if one of those even partway through gets no rep, then it can kind of throw a wrench into the mix mm-hmm. as to what do you do now? And so there's that there's a different element of uh, a ref or some sort of judge watching you and commenting on what you're doing as opposed to now when we're doing a lot of these workouts, you're sort of breaking it up on your own. You may, you may be honest if you don't go through a full rotation. Sometimes you just cut a corner a little bit because of fatigue, but this one's actually going to get called. Yeah. What, what about bar movements? Uh, any, any major issues with standards on bar oh, pull movements? Up. Yeah, ch- height, chin height. You chin. Know, chin, chin height over the bar. Um, Time to come clean. I had a, a pull-up today that wasn't that high. <laughs> I, I, I just went with it. <laughs> so, so this is something, when I learned this stuff, when I went back into the gym, I would actually like... I would no rep myself on things. Like if I had yeah. if I had a wall wall shot that didn't hit the target, well I gotta do it again. Yeah. Right? Just just starting to be honest with yeah, yourself. I like that. You know what's interesting actually, um, and this is this is kind of digging into cultural differences. Um, I think maybe nowadays the CrossFit Games athletes it's a little more kind of like across the board because people have learned this stuff. But like years ago, I remember watching some of the um, the Icelandic girls, right, and uh, Miko Salo, the the guy from Finland, and some of the some of the Scandinavian countries, they would handle the the no reps and the you know they it wouldn't even phase them, right? There, um, and if you've watched the the Miko documentary, there's this there's this Finnish word sisu. It's basically like you know not uh, it revolves around like not complaining, not making a big show about anything, and just like going about your work, kind of like you know, taking emotion out of it, like stoicism type thing, yeah, right? Yeah. And then if you contrast that to like Western culture where it's like, everything's like showboating and complaining <laughs> and this and that, right? There was a huge difference back, back in the day. Like people, you know, you get no rep and then people would start argu- arguing with their judge. Meanwhile, yeah, yeah. everyone else is continuing to go. Even the first, interesting. the first CrossFit games, that guy was doing clean and jerks, but he's like bouncing oh, it off the, yeah, um, the, the dirt. Yeah, and they called him on it. And yeah, Matt, Mer- Matt Mersky. Matt Mersky was bouncing yeah, it off the dirt. Like he would drop yeah. it, and like he would bounce up, and he'd catch it, and then go right into the next one. You're kidding it's me! Pretty. Yeah. I thought it was pretty. Did they let him do that? Impressive if you could catch no. it. No, no. Then they called him on it like halfway through. But the problem was, I think the judge he had wasn't saying anything. No, the judge. Yeah, and this is thirty. The workout was thirty reps, and he did his first five this way, and then. Like, it was way different back then. Like, Dave Castro grabbed a microphone. He's like, hey, 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 that guy can't do that. No, no, no. And then afterward, like, there was a big, he called them, like, the the effing tricks. Like, you can't do any effing tricks in your workout. Yeah, even the, the guy had, I think, his girlfriend or wife with him. And they're both oh, they're, snapping. Yeah, and they're very yelling displeased and, and walked so, off. And, and, and that, just to, um, to push forward a little bit with this this competition preparation as well. There's, there's been a lot of question about the types of workouts that we will see. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there any sort of formula or methodology that is used to prepare these types of workouts? Or is it purely whatever the guys at this gym are, are going to do, they're going to do? Yeah, kind of. Um, I know the guy who runs it, and he, he's, he's pretty old school CrossFit. Like he, his stuff will be, you know, there might be some like... Um, maybe strong man type stuff. I, I, I could be wrong, but I, I've been around a while and I've seen some weird stuff. Mm. Um, I, I have. 
and uh, for the most part, they're 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 quite good. Um, there are some things just like you know when I say strongman, it's just elements. I like grunt work, just carrying things, dragging a sled, picking up a bunch of plates and carrying them around, mm. that type of stuff, just moving weight. Um, and then there'll be a lot of kind of traditional CrossFit stuff. But yeah, I've seen some weird stuff. And how does it work? Because it's a team competition. There's, yeah. so there's six of us, three guys, three girls. Yeah. How does it work in terms of that? It, who knows, man? I'm asking we'll, for myself. We'll find out. Yeah. There might be some stuff where we all have stuff to do. There might be some stuff where it's partner style and like... Um, we just share the work and they're, you know, like say that the group of six is divided into three pairs of male and female. Um, and then you might have three different little couplets that you you do and you can Mm. kind of pick your people who would be strongest in each area. You might have something where, uh, I know last year we had to, for one person to be able to work, another person had to be hanging from a bar or had to have a bar held in front rack position. Just little well, things like that. Yeah. Those kind of things. yeah, there's there's lots of different elements at play. Right. But like I don't know, it's just it's all speculation. Will there be anything point. where like the six of us have to lift something together? Probably not, but I guess I'd be that, if you had it, the equipment for it. It's then. just logistics, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The question I have too, or at least the 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 thing I keep continue to ponder about is that Castro or CrossFit has has gotten you know fair, fairly you you know um, bold and going outside of the, the the typical stuff that they've been doing and there was like bikes and pegboards and you know is that is that going to be a theme for other CrossFit gyms doing their own competition are they going to be try to be unique and and do different events that no one's heard of could be right yeah. just just to I think I think too a, a lot creative. of that stuff comes out in the game so because it's like you know from a CrossFit gym's perspective it's you know, are you gonna put pegboards up? All this stuff is these these cr- crazy rigs that these guys are building yeah. for the for yeah. The games you gotta remember, it's it's all logistics, right? Yeah. Like it would be cool if if we showed up and there was like the you know like the worm that they yeah. use. Yeah. Like it'd be cool if there was eight of those, but like you know how much those things cost, and like what what do you do with them after yeah. the competition? Like you know. It's, Picture a bunch of like gym owners after the competition, all these massive worms on the yeah. on the ground, yeah. and saying, "Okay, yeah. we're probably never going to use these. Um, Let's see if we can get rid of them in a garage sale." Yeah, <laughs> right. So there there could be some stuff like that. It's fun, right? You know, yeah. Um, not knowing what you're going to have to do. So along those lines, another piece of advice is, uh, and we've hammered this one, is to not not cherry pick, right? If you yeah. if you see something that you don't like come up, you know, you probably need work on that. And then another is to really almost dial in on those days. Like when you see something come up, make sure you do that to, to fill in your weaknesses, so to speak. Right. This is maybe more important from an individual perspective. If you're going to compete as as an individual, but like when this stuff comes up, there's no, there's no way around it. You're going to have to do it. Hmm. Right. So you can either prepare as best you can, or, you know, you can be the guy that does, you know, like clearly not prepared and, Okay. Complain about it. Time, time to come clean again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday we had the choice between uh, L sits or handstand yeah. ones. My L sits are terrible. Oh uh, yeah. So, so that's I purposely. A, I'm like, oh, screw that. Okay. One. <laughs> so I, this is something that I said to the. the I co- coached two classes yesterday. Um, back in the in the day, like one of the early early documents that was released with, by Greg Glassman um, was like certain standards to shoot for, right? And one. One of them was like, this is like before, um, before people were doing muscle ups, right? Yeah. So it was like shoot for 10 muscle ups. And that was like this crazy number way back then. Another one was, 
um, being able to overhead squat your body weight for 15 reps. So that was another one. And that's another one. A lot of people can do that now. Um, you know, the 10 muscle-ups, sure, tons of people can do that now. Um, the one with the L-sit, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guess. How long do you think was like a standard for people to shoot for? We do like 20 seconds in the gym, right? Yeah. 30 seconds? Yeah. That feels like torture. Uh, yeah. I'm say a minute? Two minutes. Yeah. Two minutes. Like I, 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 can't, never I can't even do like, like an L-sit. I have to like a good proper yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're hard man um, I find my, my quads start to get tight. yeah yeah if you have tight quads tight hip flexors um, it can really I call them gremlins quad gremlins <laughs> they feel like they're eating their way out of your leg um, it's almost not even an ab thing anymore and, and really holding your legs out like that it is it is, it, it is hip flexion so of course they're going to be at work um, but yeah, it's, I, it's one of those things like like a, like a pistol. You, you don't appreciate when you see it in action. It's like yeah, whatever. Yeah, and you try to do it, and it's like oh. And every now and like there'll be people that are just randomly like really good at that. Like yeah. that's yeah. that kind of stuff is is has always been my weakness, right? Mm-hmm. Like L sits, even like toes to bar relative to everything else, sit ups, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's always been stuff. Like I think the longest L sit I've ever done is is probably around forty seconds. But that said, it's not like like a gymnast, like a true gymnast would look at the L sit yeah. and be like, no, that's like a. Like, what are you doing? I don't even know. You'd have to make up a new letter for it. It'd be like a. a when I, when I do sit ups, I move backwards. Does anyone else have to do that? Yeah, 100%. I like travel across the floor. I'll, I'll, like, I don't know what happens. <laughs> That's why you have to go close to the wall so you can only go so far. <laughs> and it's right in your head. I have a question. Just before we move on, I have a question about these muscle-ups. Why is a muscle-up considered such a, or why is it a, a difficult movement? When, I, when you watch it, it doesn't yeah. look difficult. But for some reason, it ends up being one of the more advanced movements for a lot of people. Well, the, the, the actual transition to get from... Like the pull and the press out, the, the dip, they're not they're not that hard. Like there's a lot of people that have ample strength and can do lots of reps of those, but it's it's the transition, right? Um, now, big swinging, kipping muscle ups, you can kind of like get through that transition a little bit easier. But there's there's lots of people out there that probably have like four or five. Um, kipping muscle ups that cannot do a strict muscle up right so mm. pulling like no no momentum no no swing of the the hips or the the feet um it's not an easy movement um and then another thing is just the the instability of the rings the higher the ring like our rings are set pretty high like we've got high ceilings right so even when the rings are set up nice and high, there's a, there's at least a 10 foot rope or strap hanging. Yeah. Um, and another one, so um, back in the early days of CrossFit, like you, you have to have a certain amount of strength and stability in your upper body. And um, so a lot of the time, like a, a lot of girls had a harder time with this, even, even female gymnasts, because the, the rings, they're not a, a gymnastic element for females, yeah. Yeah. right? So they've never been on these things before, even if they've come from gymnastics, right? So um, it's something that just takes people a lot of time. It's kind of one of those higher, like top tier movements um, that people kind of work toward. I saw a YouTube video of these guys doing strict muscle-ups on the bar. Yeah. And they could, there's this one, they had, they had a bunch of different names for these, but there was one that was called the impossible muscle up. And you put your arms actually a bit wider than usual. Yeah. And it's just, the legs don't even, like your, your body's completely vertical. And you basically, I'm, I'm motioning here, but you guys obviously can't see. But they basically, that, that transition point, 
they just muscle through it like super slow. Yeah, that's really hard. And it's, 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 the, it's the weirdest thing to watch because you know how hard that, that switch point is, but... There, there is a hierarchy. So a, a kipping muscle up on the bar is the, the easiest to achieve. A kip, then the, a little bit harder than that is a kipping muscle up on the rings. And then harder than that is a strict muscle up on the rings. And then harder than that is a strict on the bar, hmm. right? So when you kip on the bar, the kipping on uh, versus strict on the bar, the, the bar will not move. So when you're, yeah. when you're, um, kipping, you can kind of, it's, it's like an anchor point almost. Right. But yeah, when you're, yeah. when you're doing, um, so as opposed to the rings, they're, they're, they're less stable, but when you have to do strict, you can actually move the rings around your body. Um, but when you're doing strict on a bar, it's, it's very challenging. I've done them before, but like, I, I don't know if I could do one right now. I, it's not something I've ever really practiced a whole lot of before. Yeah. Um, like I have just kind of randomly done a few the, of them here the other and there. Thing in this video, 99% of the people doing them are, are very top heavy. Yeah. yeah. Their shoulders are, you know, yeah. <laughs> like strength, strength, like strength relative to the upper body strength relative to total body strength yeah. or even lower body weight. That was that guy you saw at the mall <laughs> that one day. Yeah. He, uh, skipped a leg day. <laughs> now, friends, don't let friends so skip leg day. the last, the last thing, you know, before we move on from this competition piece and we've thought about this a bit, there's, there's, Besides like attending your, your regular CrossFit gym and doing your regular classes and being well-balanced, there is really no way of preparing, is there? Well, hold on. Have you ever seen the Rocky movies? <laughs> if you're Italian, it, it can really benefit you. Wasn't there a comedian who said, <laughs> I was talking about an Italian who saw uh, the Rocky movie yeah. and came out and wanted to fight everyone that was... Actually, I think that was Eddie Murphy. Yeah, but his raw or one of those things like raw, where the guy comes out of a bar and just saw. You know, he goes into a bar and he had just seen a Rocky movie and he was, he was <laughs> trying to pick on all these other people at the bar and all this stuff. If you watch Rocky Four, where he takes on, I love all those movies. It's uh, you can probably get ten muscle ups in a row right after. So, are you recommending that we should be like lifting logs and running upstairs as as preparation no, for just, CrossFit? Just to- watch the Rocky movies and or uh, the Rambo movies. Oh, you're, you're, hold on. You're saying to prepare for a competition to watch the movies. Yeah. Not Rocky Five per se, but definitely one, two, three, and four. Okay. So th- this is your advice, none of ours. Yeah, it's, this, that's what I would do. I probably will do it. I we can should, back that. We should study the effectiveness of Rambo. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give one more re- like real piece of advice before. So <laughs> another one that I kind of, I, I ran into. So these are all things that I kind of learned the hard way um, is nutrition on the day of. Right. So just making sure that you're prepared. Um, sometimes they can be pretty long days. You know, if you have to do three or four events and you're, you're not used to doing more than one workout in a day, um, one, you have to sort of adjust your efforts to, I mean, one, your, your adrenaline, there's actually something on the line. So you're probably going to go a little harder, um, but you, you can't just absolutely spend yourself. So, um, you know, you don't you, between event one and two, you might have two hours, you might have half an hour, right? You might have to warm up again. You might have yeah. to cool down properly. Yeah. Um, you might have to eat in between. You don't, you're going to have to kind of pick your spots. Um, so you need to have things that you know you can digest kind of easily. You know, I wouldn't pack a whole lot of stuff that's like heavy on fats, right? Cause it's hard to digest. It's just going to be sitting like a brick in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, stuff that is just going to be palatable and, uh, and, and kind of get you some good nutrition. You know, like it's a, 
you don't want to just be be like pounding away on like candy and stuff like that but you need something and you know it's i've been there man it's hard to like it's hard to eat like a raw chicken breast or something like, <laughs> they're not hard. raw but like a, you know like uh yeah like a uh, deli chicken or something yeah you know like you, you, it's competition day who knows like you're expending how many thousands of calories like you need you need something yeah, that's, so but this is this is another kind of interesting point is that it's it's a one day competition correct mm-hmm. which means that you're you're going to be there for you're going to be working out all day Kind of. Sure. It's a long day. Like you're, you're there. Like I, I think of it like, um, I grew up doing track and field, right. And I would yeah. do three events. Um, and it's a long day, man. Like you're, whether you're competing or not, like I, I, what I'd like to do at regionals was because there's, there was just so much more on the line. Like we've talked about this, you're going for those top spots. Um, is just, just to get away from it. Yeah. Right. Don't sit there and watch, which is going to be hard because we're going to have people from the gym there. So you're going to stay and watch yeah. and cheer people on. Right. But just being, being like so mentally active all day, it's draining. Like you'd be, you'd be very tired at the end of that day. What is it? Go ahead. This is where like uh, LeBron James, yeah. wasn't he reading like Harry Potter? Sure was before yeah. the playoff games and stuff. There was that year, Harry there was that year LeBron James, they made it to the championship. It was with Cleveland before he had gone to Miami. Yeah, yeah. They had lost to, I can't remember, they lost to someone, maybe the Spurs or someone. And then the following, and he had a really bad performance in the NBA Finals. Yeah. And then the following year, they Miami. had won it with Miami. And that's when he was seen reading Harry Potter books at the courtside during the warm-up and the whole point in like the sports psychology world was to get your mind off you know distill the focus a little bit Mm -hmm. so that you can play in a more sort of leisurely way what to touch on the the candy thing too um when i did uh what's the half marathon called the half around the bay no what's when we did from starts at the fast goal finishes at the hamilton half marathon half marathon it it lands like november-ish right yeah it is november yeah Yeah. i remember someone someone was handing out candy i guess like halloween candy (laughs) so around the 10k i got handed sour patch kids yeah nice and i held on to them and i was just like i was i was so excited but i didn't want to you know take them too early kind of thing i remember it was like three or four k left i just (laughs) tore the bag open (laughs) When I it was, it was glorious. When I when I did long distance events, especially like long distance triathlon, I I would especially when the, the, these events end up going you know four to six hours, I used to pack candy or some sort of you know energy food. Yeah. These things, these, these gel blasters or something. Yeah, they were giving those out at Tough Mudder last week. Yeah, last uh, week, in, two was, weeks. In, in I mean, we can debate this a little bit. In the end, it's some, it's a form of nutritional candy, right? Yeah. I, I used to time the intervals at which I ate them so that I would I would run or cycle or whatever and look forward yeah. to being able to eat them every five minutes, ten minutes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the, the, the other, okay, the one last question about the competition is what the hell are we supposed to do the week of? A lot of people have been sort oh, of asking. Oh, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. That's a great, that's a great one. Um, up until, so like, I would not treat it as this big taper thing i did i tried so i tried that one time um actually it was the year that we made it to the games i I actually had a horrendous performance at regionals uh thankfully it was still good enough um but man i i took three full rest days thinking that would be a good idea and i went into that and it was like every weight I touched, it was like my body was in like vacation mode. Hmm. Everything felt so damn heavy. And I just wasn't re- like, 
I wasn't ready for that intensity again. So, um, so what I would recommend, treat it like a normal week, maybe take one extra rest day. Um, I would do every, so if the competition Saturday, I would do everything normal, um, up until Wednesday and then, you know, maybe take a rest day either Thursday or Friday, um, probably, probably Thursday. And then Friday come in and, you know, depending on what we're doing, you can do some, some light sort of maybe explosive lifting. Um, nothing that's going to really tax your nervous system, nothing super, super heavy, but just kind of get the body moving. And then I always like to do something that was fairly short and quick. Um, I would do like 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 of double unders with like 10 burpees in between. Mm. Just hard, fast, like, you know, nothing. There's not a lot of reps in there. It's nothing. You're not going to be sore. It's going to get your heart rate up. You're going to feel it, right? But it's nothing that's going to be detrimental to the next day. So I went camping on Sunday. Whenever it was. Sunday to Wednesday afternoon, I had off, Mm -hmm. which is three days basically. And I came Wednesday afternoon to do a workout, and I felt the exact same. That's awful. Yeah, like I thought the rest would be good. I thought, but it it was like my body had kind of just was in some sort of rest state, and then to disrupt it, it was like, oh crap, what the hell is happening? Mm -hmm. So you almost need like a day or two before to make sure, like, so yeah. Yeah. Taking that much yeah, you can't get right off of there. There's an interesting. um, There's a blog. So there, um, he's kind of faded away into obscurity a little bit. He's a bit of a crazy guy, but um, I, there was a, a weightlifter by the name of John North um, that lifted for the States, um, like Pan Ams and stuff like that type of level. Good lifter, crazy guy, um, you know, really used that kind of his personality to like attack the weights, but he, he had very different viewpoints on a lot of things and he ended up getting a lot of attention. Um, there was one, this one article that he wrote, uh, it was called devil in a red dress. So the whole premise of it was that like weightlifting training, you know, heavy truck twice a day training or whatever, like training at that level, it's not always fun. You're beat up. You're always tired. Right. But you're, you, you can still perform like you, your body is going, you're going to want that rest. You're going to want to take a day off, two days off, three days off. Right. But then when you, so it's like this alluring thing, yeah, right. Yeah. But then when you come back to it, it's like you, you just, you know, kind of like you, you threw, a, um, like you threw, threw a wrench in the, in yeah. the, in the, in the spoke, so to speak. Right. Yeah. In the, yeah. In the whole thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. Devil in a red dress. It's uh, it's interesting. Can you, can you use, can you use a movement or, um, barbell sort of movement to, to demonstrate the difference between the scaled or the scaling, um, division, the RX division, the RX plus? Just so people can sort of appreciate the, the difference uh, between them. Oh, like something that you might have to do. Correct. Um, sure. Yeah. So uh, just a simple one right off the bat would be like a, a power clean and jerk. So bar comes from the ground to the shoulders and then overhead. Um, you know, a scale division men's weight might be um, 95 pounds, right? Um, an RX might be you know, one, one thirty five, one fifty five, and then, a uh, RX plus might be like one eighty five. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just going to see a little bit heavier weights, a little bit, uh, a little bit harder movement standards. Last year we actually sent, we put our team in the RX plus, um, cause everyone could do all that stuff. 
but it actually it wasn't as much fun because there was not a lot of people that went in that division uh-huh. and so like the heat the big competition was in the rx division so that's that's you know that's kind of uh how many teams yeah. end up going to this thing mm, there's a lot of people there last year i don't know exactly but is Jim big? Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. huge, yeah, huge. And then there, there'll be events set up outside and everything. Huh. And is there uh, other people were saying like you know you can do these movements, everyone can do these movements. You enter it, okay, fine. But is the competition fierce? Like, is it is it very difficult to actually win these things? Not that that's the focus necessarily, um, but just in terms of how how advanced these groups get. Yeah, I would say so. It's not it's not going to be easy. Um, it, it all depends. Like, they're, they're local competition. Like, you're going to have... You're not going to have... I, I don't think as much... Like, it, so in the last couple of years, there's sort of been a split from, like... You know, when I was competing in 2010, 11, 12, um, there weren't a ton of competitions. So, like, when there was one, you showed up. So, like, you know, you would have... You'd have a team of like, you know, I'll throw out some names now, like Pat Vellner would show up with his team and like, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, you'd have these, these teams that were really like fierce at the top. Right. Hmm. Um, there were some great competitions and then now there's, there's so many of them and there's kind of been a split, like, um, even back then there, there, for a couple of years, there was one called best of the best that Lace and I went to and you had to be invited. Um, and it was basically like you know, the, the top 20 people in the area in the region or in Canada that were kind of like fighting for game spots, stuff, stuff like that. So, um, there's sort of been a split, like you're not really going to see a lot of games level people doing these, these local competitions, but, um, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Like that's, so another thing, if you're going to compete a lot and you actually have aspirations to take things further, you got to get out of the bubble right you can have a great year of training and like oh man i'm gonna be so much better and then you get to the competition and everyone else is better too <laughs> right like that's uh and that you know that's just that's just reality like everyone else is working hard too the other thing too i would suggest which is basically impossible to achieve is or hard to achieve is to somehow work out um elsewhere not like you know go to the next crossfit gym down the street but like when we were on vacation yeah, and I, I went yeah. to a CrossFit gym there. Just, just lifting a barbell, staring at something you're not used to staring at, or yeah. getting a, picking up a barbell you've never picked up before. That's not the, mm-hmm. the the usual one you pick up. So even at the gym, I guess it's it could be something like pick use a different barbell that you're not used to. Yeah, or look at a wall that you never really look at. Yeah, just location. to kind of show your all your, sorts your, of your things mindset. like that. Yeah, in, in I, I've always actually found that in team sports. So you know we've played competitive soccer for a new a number of years. And, you know, you train with a team, you train with them, you train with them, and you're like, man, like, this guy's really good. This guy on my team's really good. It's going to be hard to meet a team that's going to actually step up and be able to beat us. You go play another team, and you're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> there they are. And there's another team that's pretty good, right? Yeah. So it's it's also it's actually quite humbling, too, when you go, I, I would imagine. I've never been to a CrossFit competition, but... If you if you are you know the, the the heaviest lifter in your gym or or a certain class that you do, it might be a bit of a you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's possible to get to end up in last place. Depending you guys will on. appreciate it. It's it'll be a good day. Even the one we did in October at our gym. Yeah, the one that it was very there. small, but there was a couple pretty strong yeah, guys that showed up. It's fun yeah. to watch too. Yeah. The, the one guy was doing muscle ups like it was. Yep. It was yep. pull ups for him kind yep. of thing. Um, and then 
uh, L- L- Lace did this in weightlifting last year. Like before, we had to go to Columbia to for her to lift in Pan Ams. Um, one of the things she was trying to get used to was the heat, right? Mm-hmm. So this is July, and she would show up and, tra- and train in like a sweatshirt, right? And just to kind of like um, simulate being uncomfortable that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a group of us. Uh, when I say us, like um, guys that were getting invited to these best of the best things like back in I think 2011 um, we would get together at different gyms every now and then and just yeah. just get together to push each other you know it's hard because geographically it's yeah. not always yeah. possible I, I do remember when I went to the Fort Lauderdale CrossFit gym it was I walked away thinking I was it was cool to see I, I had failed uh, like a five pound PR and I said to myself if I, was up, if I was back in my gym I would have hit that mm-hmm. which is a good thing right I think it was a good thing to kind of try for a, a big number elsewhere and to feel what it's like to kind of not have everything stacked in your corner that you usually do. It's, it's really cool. We've, we've touched this before, but it's really cool to, again, reflect and appreciate the role, the influence, and the effect of that social dynamic as it pertains to sport and specifically CrossFit. Actually, you know, I almost think in CrossFit specifically – or this type of setting, it has a bit more of an important role. Like this is not this is not really a sport. Honestly, I don't think it's a sport that you can do on your own. We've talked about this, right? Yeah, this is the first episode yeah, we talked yeah. about. It. You what's, know what's interesting is I, I've I've dropped in at quite a few places too, and uh, I find that I'll do things sometimes there that I wouldn't do <laughs> in in our gym just just because it's it's that different setting and it's like. I don't, it's the competitor in me, man. It's like, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta show my stuff. Yeah. Like well, um, when we were, when we were down in Florida, the one, the one day, like I, sh- you know, the bars were all rusty. Yeah, um, you know, like I, they didn't have a lot. I didn't even see their stacks of bumper plates. I only saw metal plates. I'm like, Oh man, like I'm gonna have to be really careful here. And like, I can't drop a bar. And then I saw them like, okay, at least we can go kind of heavy. Um, but you know, I showed up and I, I didn't bring any of my gear. Like, and when I say gear, I didn't bring my weightlifting belt. I didn't bring, um, I didn't bring shoe, like weightlifting shoes, wrist wraps, nothing, knee sleeves. It was just, I showed up in my shorts and, uh, and let's go. And I ended up hitting the, the, I guess tied for the heaviest push press I've ever done. I wasn't expecting to like, I, you know, the guy's like, Oh, you know, like, what are you, what are you going to hit? Like, is it, you know, once they see you. You know, you build up to like two plates pretty quick. They're like, "Whoa, what are you, like, what are you going for here, man?" And I was like, "Ah, you know, if I can hit like two fifty-five, I'll be, I'll be happy." You know, because that's that's usually when things start getting. You know, it's like I start reaching for my belt and stuff. I hit two seventy-five. I was gonna, I was gonna ask. And you. It was like a smooth. Just... It was like a smooth. I hit a two eighty a couple of years ago. Good God. Yeah. Well, one day. One day. So very. So now, I mean, as, as we're we've gone into the competition stuff quite a bit which is which was which is quite quite interesting i have a, a rapid fire that i would like to end with but i want to ask you guys two questions i don't think we're going to get too much into the whole happiness conversation i really want to get into this conversation at one point but let me let me ask you guys two questions and we'll, we'll start with the first and like you know just talk about it a bit and uh it's going to relate to the second one as well so the the first question is about and we're, we're changing gears here a little bit too, just so everybody is, is, is aware. Um, the first one is about sleep. And, you know, this is relevant because we're talking about the competition coming up. We're talking about sport. We're talking about exercise. How do you guys approach sleep? What's your strategy? If you have one, 
times that you go to bed, your philosophy around it, any little quirks that you have. Just, what do you guys do for sleep? Just in general? Yeah. Um, and, and, and just before, I let, before you guys go, in, in the medical world, in the family medicine world, this is a conversation that we end up having a lot. A I, lot of I people. I asked you about this a couple of months ago. That's right. Right. A, a lot of people have very disturbed sleep-related issues, and it comes up. So. Yeah. Um, interesting, actually. So, um, I I try to keep things as regular as possible. Um, Throughout the for the last year, I've been coaching six a.m. three times a week. So um, you know, I'm up at twenty after five because uh, I live super close to the gym. So I'm up at twenty after five three times a week, and I found that on the weekends I'm getting up earlier on my days uh, that I'm not doing that. I'm getting you know like all of a sudden seven a.m. feels like sleeping in, which is kind of nice. Um, I'll try to I'll I'll definitely go to bed a little bit earlier the nights that I'm I'm uh, I'm coaching early. Um, for me, so something that I've actually noticed recently, and I, I was thinking about it just the other day, um, we're having some problem with our TV at home. So like our, our internet's working fine. Um, you know, like the computers are fine and everything, but there's just something our, our TV won't, won't load up Netflix or YouTube or anything. So found that I'm just not really, I'm not using it. Like I'm, I don't miss it or anything. I'm just not really watching it. And, uh, I found that I'm falling asleep a little quicker and, and not waking up as much. So, you know, like the, the, that screen time, you think know, the blue yeah. light, blue light waves, um, mm-hmm. late at night that are kind of disturbing that disturb sleep. Um, they're not really affecting me as much right now, which is nice. Um, I know once it's fixed, I'll probably, I'll probably go back to that. But, uh, do you do aim for a minimum amount of sleep? Um, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, um, I would say I I get a little bit less than this, um, on the days that I coach early, but I would say, I would say I aim for like minimum seven. Usually I try for eight. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm not coaching early morning, I'll, I'll aim for eight. Mm-hmm. When I'm coaching early morning, I might get like six and a half, seven. Cool. Hi, what about you? I think I think on average I get probably six and a half, seven hours. I find I've I've noticed in the past that if I go too long, if I somehow have some weird day where I sleep eight or nine hours, it doesn't usually happen. Yeah, I feel I feel off. I feel weird. I feel more tired than I was. And Lethargic, well, yeah. Yeah, but what I what I found is since we're talking about sleep is lately. And it's been progressively getting worse is I can no longer sleep on my arms, like under the pillow or something. Usually I, I like when I was in high school or whatever, my arm would always be under the pillow, the pillow would be between me and my, you know, arm. And now like when I, I wake up with full numbness down my arm and now I'm, I'm basically forced to sleep like a vampire on my back, <laughs> <laughs> hands over my chest. And it's actually a bit ironic that you say that I have the exact, now I have the exact same issue. So if you, if you were try to if you were to try and sandwich a pillow between your actual shoulder and arm and your face, and so that your your arm is sandwiched between the pillow and the bed, you start it starts to go numb. Yeah, I've woken up. Like, yeah, and I've said maybe I'm having a heart attack. Like this? That's right. Like, yeah. Like that. Oh wow! You know I couldn't do that. I do this. I like wonder, I have my hand under my ear. Maybe. I wonder if it's got something to do with uh, working out. 
Well, okay. We'll, we'll take a video of it so we can actually post. So show, show people what you're talking about. Like this? A video or a picture? Well, no, it's a video. I don't where, so where's the pillow? I, I, I would take a picture. Show me. I, I think pillow would be like right here, right? That's so right. your whole arm. Yeah. yeah. If the arm is it's, it's pinched. Yeah. And That's right. I, I wonder if it has something to do with working out. I don't know. Unless it's uh, it could be with age. I mean, all these things are basically increasing for us. Also depends on what goes numb. If it's your arm or if it's truly your hand, then you might be even getting into a bit of an ulnar nerve palsy or carpal tunnel syndrome. Oh, good God. Both are very po- uh, common, too. I've had, like, hand completely numb before. Yeah. So you're you, getting... That's weird as hell yeah. when you wake up and your whole arm is just, like... <laughs> it's, it's, like, foreign to you. <laughs> like, you have to you pick, up, pick it up with your other arm and move it. Oh. We need to make a disclosure here too. Wait, I mean, like, if your arm goes acutely numb, you should. It cannot be a sign of a heart attack. So usually, if it's a, it, what will happen with the arm is is pain. So if you're having chest pain, face, chin pain, or shoulder pain, that can be what we call an angina equivalent, meaning that it's a manifestation of the heart, even though it's not chest pain itself. You, you said angina, just angina. Not to be confused. <laughs> What are, you, what are you guys confusing? I'm like, no, sometimes on the, on the We're going podcast, off the rails here. <laughs> uh, wait, I wanted to say something. About uh, sleep? Yeah, well, because like we're saying you wake up with a, a numb arm and you just kind of fall mm-hmm. back asleep. The one comedian does that piece on a kid when the kid first sleeps through the night. Yeah. And you're used to waking up at a certain time, but suddenly the kid doesn't wake you up because they're, they're sleeping through the night the first time. <laughs> and there's a possibility that the kid could have died in the bed, but you still... <laughs> you're, you're so tired, you're able to talk yourself... Like, it's okay that he died in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, like, it's how he would have wanted to You're, you're talking about when there's, like, a little baby at home. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you're, and you're constantly concerned, like, is the yeah. baby okay? They're sleeping? Okay, then, they're then, crying. So then the first night they sleep through the night, you're thinking, why haven't they woken me up yet? That's right. So one of the possibilities is, okay, they slept through the night, or, or maybe they died in the, in the crib. That's right. And then it's like, if, if, that, if they're both possibilities, right, you should get out and check. But, like, you're so tired, you allow yourself to, to talk yourself into that like that's how they would have wanted to go kind of that's right <laughs> that, that's what the, the, I remember that comedian that's and he was saying that it, it, and in the end it doesn't matter one way or the other you know? oh okay <laughs> sorry I forgot you were talking about a comedy routine no. I was like what the, what uh, yeah okay so yeah that's sleep sleep in a nutshell okay so and, and you know even for me I think I, I'm at that between a six and seven hour mark I so this is this is my story did you sleep like a vampire well, the trouble is if I sleep on my back, I, I have a bit of a positional snoring issue. So if I'm purely on my back, I'll snore. See, I don't. I wake up like a vampire, but I don't fall asleep that way. <laughs> like I can sit on like where you... <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, when my alarm... So here's another thing. Snooze button, never hit it in my life. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's just something I don't do. I don't know. I, I don't Lisa, understand. Lisa, Lisa hits it. Okay, let's... let's, let's, <laughs> let's so let's, she wanted me to name drop, and so I'm, I'm saying her name. <laughs> Lisa loves her snooze button. Loves snooze. <laughs> Can I have the spotlight back? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just joking. Man, so, vampire Jason. Well, I, if I sleep on my back, I can snore a little bit. So I sleep on my side. If my arm goes under my pillow, it goes numb a little bit. So my arms are at my side. So I, I have like limited amount of positions I can sleep. I can still sleep. So you have to comfort. sleep on your stomach with your hands. Correct. That's right. So it's like a... Like a or, or, or you can sort of... If you can imagine that you're like holding something at like the belly button level, your arms are at your side, and I can sort of sleep like that too, if that makes sense. Um, what, about, what about laying on your side with your hands at your side? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could do that. I, I can do that, and I probably yeah, do do that. that right? like, sort of and then, and the other thing is too is that uh, 
you know, just based on what Jay was saying, one of the things I, I know as a fact, if I drink caffeine after noon or if I have caffeine later at night or if I, if I watch a, a certain amount of TV or a computer screen or whatever, it'll disturb my sleep uh, to an extent. It doesn't usually like, it's not crippling, but it absolutely makes a difference. hundred percent. drink decaf, like even at 4am. Correct. You cannot be drinking decaf. That's yeah, and and I, I like I like the three so I like the three forty five or four a.m. wake up, and I find that 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 first few hours of the day is where a lot of my stuff gets done, and the brain is very very active, and for me yeah. it really works quite quite well at that point. I, I found um, something actually over the last year when I when I'm done coaching the, the 6 a.m. and then those couple of hours afterward, a lot of the time, like when I head off to school afterward, those, those first few hours, I'm, I'm, I'm much uh, more creative than, than normal. Mm-hmm. So like that would, uh, I get a lot of like ideas kind of for things kind of flowing at that time. That's cool. It is fascinating though, eh? when you start to think about how the brain functions at certain parts of the morning versus later on, there's oh, the yeah. whole thing about control in the morning, the amount of decisions you have to make. Mm-hmm. Man, we should do a podcast on sleep and or morning routines. That's sleep actually sleep positions. Yeah. Sleep positions mm-hmm. itself. And when your arms get, okay. And just, I mean, it, it depends. If your first three fingers are numb, you're likely dealing with carpal tunnel. If your fourth and fifth digits are yeah, numb, right? that the ulnar nerve palsy. Yeah. And, and the that's, whole arm is numb, you're having a heart attack. And a whole heart, then you, you're getting in trouble. Then you gotta, you gotta start considering. I, I feel bad. I don't want to start spooking people with words like stroke. That's why you're so tired. You, you allow yourself to die <laughs> in your sleep because you just say it's okay. It's how I would have wanted to go. <laughs> now, as we as we round off here, I, w- I want to end with a little bit of a rapid fire with the competition theme in mind. So we have the competition coming up. The there's there's a lot of speculation and anticipation of what the events are going to be. There's sort of this cool feeling with unknowns, and you don't know exactly what the movements are going to be. So this is my question for the guys here. Uh, question, and we're gonna we're gonna do this rapid fire. Okay. You want to go first? And you don't you get sure, and listen. Sure. These are these are not like the the deepest of we're, we're not we're not so just talking about the ethos of the world and the, the meaning of life. I'll yell out an answer. But question number one: What is an actual movement, not the barbell stuff? Okay, body movement that you you would be very happy to see on the list, and you are all. You're all for it, and you're and you're going to be right into it. A body weight movement? Yes, body movement. What's it? Uh, yeah, gymnastic. Gymnastic. It, it, it would be classified as gymnastic movement. Okay, let's even see. if it's just like an air squat, that would be a body weight. It would what fall a, under gymnastic. What about a, a box gymnastic. jump over? Like, box jump over. Yeah, or even a burpee box jump over. That's something. I like, I like jumping over the box. I do too. You don't have to stand up. Right, you stay low yeah. in the box and jump over. Yeah, I like those. Very cool. Yeah, Jay, my answer. Um, maybe like a handstand push-up or muscle-up or something like that. I don't know. My, I, I don't want this. This is going to sound like really... Like, I hope it doesn't come off the same way, but or like how it, I think it could. But like I spent a lot of years trying to make sure that there's no holes yeah. in my game. So I have a few things that I, I would prefer not come up in a, in a, a competition setting, but like... That's the next question. Okay, so I don't know. There's, there's, there's a lot of things that I'm fine with 
Yeah. You're probably fine with essentially everything. Yeah. Even like, even the weaknesses, I've had them come up several Mm. times. Mm. Right. For me, I think, I think it's the pull-ups actually, even the box jumps, but the pull-ups, I I love pull-ups, the kipping pull-ups. I'm starting to get into butterfly pull-ups now. And uh, even like the, like the muscle ups, I'm starting to get into them as well. Not doing them perfectly, but I'd like to see some pull-ups. Yeah. Now, um, the next movement, the next question is like some sort of gymnastics movement that you really would not want to see or something that instinctively you would shy, shy away from, even though you probably won't in a competition setting. Are we talking for our competition? Like we're doing the RX, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. So there's stuff that we won't see. Well, yeah, sure. But just do anything. Well, I would probably say handstand pushups, just given that the last time I tried to do them, they were pretty, pretty awful. Yeah. But they, should, they I think it's RX plus handstand pushups. Maybe. Yeah. I think I think it was one of the standards yeah. for the RX Plus division. L-sit. <laughs> L-sit for time. I would just get destroyed. Like, honestly, I would, I, would, I would wager that I probably wouldn't even be in the top 20% of people. I wouldn't even be able to, like, to do it for a second. Very interesting, eh? I think, yeah, mine... mine I, I, I was going to say pistol, but I, I, feel, I think that the pistol is RX Plus as well. Maybe I'm wrong, but the, uh, I, I, I can I can sort of do the pistols, but my ankle range of motion is not perfect, so it ends up being a little bit more difficult. You're on your toe like uh, those ball- ballet, what are they called, uh, point. You're on like- yes, but for me, honestly, it's, a, it's an ankle range of motion thing. Yeah. yeah. It's funny that you were saying that about Lacey, too. Mm-hmm. Bar, barbell movement that you'd say, yes, I'm happy to see this. Like for weight or I guess you just wrap. just just uh, wraps weight both. Uh, it, it changes for me. If it's weight, I would like to see it clean. If it's a lot of wraps, frick, I don't want to see anything. I would say, <laughs> <laughs> and you're in the wrong sport. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would say yeah. It's like saying you don't want to run, man. You're about to do a marathon. I, was, I, was, I, I would say cleans, but we just did that workout, and there's so many cleans that I don't want to see cleans anymore. So. But yeah, I would say cleans. Wait, this is a, that you want to see? Sure, yeah, cleans. Uh, yeah, kind of the same thing. Like I'm fine with any of them, but um, something that I, I've gotten really fired up for in competitions before. It's just it's so much fun. There's so much adrenaline. Is uh, like a heavy, a heavy weightlifting movement. Like clean, clean and jerk, max jerk, max snatch, anything like that. There's there's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, for for me too, I, actually, I would say the clean. I, when we did that recent um, wad and, and we were doing the cleans and I just felt like I was sinking into a uh, into the hole and getting out of the hole, I, I just felt very, very comfortable with that movement. You sure you don't prefer the snatch? Actually, I, 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 was, I was debating between the clean and the snatch. For some, over you like, time... You like the snatch? I'm starting to enjoy the snatch. When we did the snatch recently... We suck at it, though. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you suck at it. Or maybe, maybe I do suck at it, but just psychologically, I think I'm pretty good at it. When we did the snatch recently, I remember looking down at the bar and adding a little bit more weight. And then we did then we did that wad where I, I was doing weight that I had no business doing in a snatch. And I gra- I remember grabbing that bar and being you like, did it. Yeah, like I, I and just you know, like the the snatch I, I almost feel like it's it's a movement where you can you can really feel like you're moving a bar, you know, like you're just okay. you're just throwing I'll it tell up. The problem with us in the snatch is if the if the end goal is to get that bar overhead, we'll do it. But I mean, we have a lot of press out. I, I think both of us on when we hit heavy weight. Yeah. So it doesn't look pretty. You more you more than me. people seen it. So what what barbell movement do you not want to see? Not that you don't want to see it. Um, 
What was the, your first one you said? I would say uh, something overhead, just because it's probably my weaker area. Jerk or snatch? Overhead squat. No, overhead squat I don't mind. It's it's getting it, well, I mean, technically, I would say a jerk or a snatch. Jerk or snatch. Jay? Um, do, you have, do you have an answer for this? Um, maybe a high rep heavy deadlift. Which you're not going to... You're not going to see a ton. Uh, like, you probably won't see that because it's heavy. Usually, you'll see, if you see heavy, it's going to be low volume. Or if you see um, uh, low weight, it'll be high rep, mm. right? But there was there was a regional workout that it's, it's the one of all the workouts. And it was on the same day as the hundreds workout that I described. So it was the set. The hundreds was first and this was second. It's a big day. Um, it was 21, 15, nine, um, three fifteen deadlift and 30 inch box jumps. 30 inch. That's yeah. sweet, man. It was, uh, yeah, sweet. that it was, it was hard, man. That, no. that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that event. 315, that's the, uh, yeah. And I mean, if you want to be competitive, you can't, put, you can't break it up very much. Right. Well, Christ. Yeah. For me, it's the overhead squat. I struggle with that position. I'm not bad at it, but just I, I struggle a little bit with that position. So it's interesting. So it'd be it'd be we'll have to definitely do some sort of, you know, it'd be cool. Maybe we'll do some sort of little video at the competition. Well, I'm sure you're gonna do like a video or something. We'll right? see. I'm gonna be a busy guy that day. <laughs> yeah. So are we. So yeah, well, I have I have a rapid fire. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So on the on the topic of team, mm. right? We obviously we're the team competition. We have a team going in. What if one of the workouts was you have to pick one person on your team that the other five beat up, but that person's allowed to fight back. But you have to unanimously decide who do you Wait. pick. Yeah. So who Wait, they're allowed <laughs> to fight back? What? This is a disturbing question, but I follow what yeah, you're saying. There's three girls on our team, man. Yeah, okay. So okay, I assume it can't be a girl because you don't want to beat up a girl. But so. Wait. Is this some? Are you trying to somehow get us to say to beat up Sylvia? No, no. I think he's somehow trying to get us to say we're beat up Jay. <laughs> or you? I'm trying to say is you want some of this? <laughs> no, no, no. Who would you pick, knowing that they're allowed to fight back? Now, the intent is you want to, you don't want to harm someone. I follow. You, it's this supposed, it's really, supposed to be you. This is strange. The ability to. No, but it has to be a unanimous decision. Everyone has to agree that we put this person in the middle of the other five. He fights back. Well, the other or she, <laughs> or she. Well, I thought we were gonna do the the females in the in the middle, but yeah, they're allowed to fight back. Now, are we trying to just <laughs> pick a weak link and get it over with, or are we trying to put on a good show, or what? Like, are we put, trying to put like a Bruce Lee in the middle? Well, I guess the question would be, what's the score? Like, how would you score? <laughs> <laughs> we should have kept this discussion to sleeping yeah. in in our position. <laughs> now. Adam, we will. I, I promise, we will post an answer to this question uh, on, on the internet or on Facebook or something. So that will now, not happen. <laughs> coming to the end of this, this is episode number eight, and we're we're gonna round it off there. And we will come up with a couple more episodes before the actual competition. But hope everyone enjoyed that, and we will talk soon. So this is goodbye from Jason. This is Adam and Jay. <laughs>